Thank you for taking time to listen to our service. We're happy you've joined us today. Visit NBCOcala.com to find out more about who we are as a ministry or get information about upcoming events. There you can also discover all the convenient ways to partner with us financially. Thanks again for joining us. Enjoy the service. Amen. Help me welcome our internet family if you would. God bless you guys. So glad you're with us. Peace to your house. You may be seated. You may be seated. Well, we're starting a new series today. We're going to go about five or six weeks and it's called What on Earth Am I Here For? Have you ever been to a place before and it's like, why are we even here, you know? And sometimes we expand that to our life. And what on earth am I doing here? Sometimes we're living in the wrong direction. We're living for the wrong things. Or we don't know. We can't, we can't dial it in, so to speak, and find out what, what am I supposed to be doing? What is my purpose? What is my meaning? And uh, we want to direct you toward those answers today. And the good thing is it's not vague directions. We're going to be able to find those things out for every one of you. Um, in 1988, there was a, a professor of, of psychology, and he was working on a book called The Meaning of Life, and he did research and conducted extensive interviews with over 250 famous scholars, and uh, he asked them this question, what is the meaning of life? What is the meaning of life? So you've got some of the big brains working on that. Here's a sample of their, of their answers. Uh, what is the meaning of life? Not sure there is one. What is the meaning of life? I've never found the meaning of life. Another one said, there may well be no purpose in life. Another one said, this still eludes me. And I like this one. One said, if you find it, please advise me. So what is the meaning of life? What on earth am I here for? In 1957, I was not yet born. Um, there was a television show called What's It For? What's it for? And uh, it only lasted one year. I'll tell you about that in a moment. But what it was, it was a panel. They would have a panel. Some of you may remember the show To Tell the Truth. Do you, anybody remember that? And uh, so they would have a panel, and an inventor would come in front of them with his gadget or invention, and uh, they would uh, have that gadget, and the panel would ask questions and try to determine, try to guess, what's it for? And uh, sounds to me like an amazing thing. I would love that. But the show only lasted one year. It got bumped by uh, Gunsmoke, uh, was eating up all the ratings, and then it got replaced by Ted Mack's original Amateur Hour. And so, um, and the rest is history. But everything we've got to realize is everything has a purpose, a use, a meaning. And if you don't know what something's for, if you don't know its purpose, look what happens. You either won't use it or you can't use it or here's more typical what would happen or you're going to use it wrong. You're going to use it wrong. And so when you use something wrong, you wear it out, you break it, and you you possibly damage other things around it. The same would be true of our life. If we don't know our purpose, if we don't know our meaning, if we don't know why we're here and how we operate... We're, we're never going to use our potential, our gifts, our purpose, or we're going to use it wrong. And when, you, when we live wrong, when we live for the wrong things, get this, you're going to wear yourself out. You'll wear yourself out. You're chasing after all these things to try to find fulfillment, to try to find meaning. And they may even be good and noble things, but they have to be placed in the right place in your life. 
And so what happens if we live for the wrong purpose, if we live our life in the wrong way, in the wrong direction, we not only wear ourselves out, we damage ourselves and we tend to damage people and relationships around us. So this is super important for every single one of us, no matter what your stage of life. It's the purpose of this series. What on earth am I here for? And some of you may say, well, I'm in the latter seasons of my life. Understand this. There is a purpose and meaning for every season of life. And so no one exempt on this. This is something you need to stay very current on, very intentional, very vibrant about is what on earth am I here for? So studies have been done to show what, what, motivates a person's life, what moves them, what drives their life, their decisions, the direction that they would go in. I want to show you the top five. The first one that drives a person's life is guilt. Many, many people live their life, make decisions based on guilt. The second is resentment and anger. Um, And remember this, that anger is a secondary emotion. You don't, you're not angry uh, when someone gets angry at you, they're already, there's already something going on. And many people live with resentment, with anger, with, with harboring ill feelings and grudges and so forth. Third would be fear, fear. So many people uh, live their life uh, constrained by fear. Their, their decisions are made because of fear, worry, and so forth. My grandmother was what we called a worry wart. She worried about everything. Everything was going to kill you. Everybody was after you, you know, and that's no way to to live or make decisions. The next is this, materialism. Our culture is really guilty of this. I've got to get more, got to get more. I've got to get the latest phone and the latest case and the latest accessories and the latest this and that. There's nothing wrong in and of those things, but if that is what you're looking for, for fulfillment and meaning in your life, you're missing it. And then last would be this, the need for approval. And so many people do what they do because they've got to have some kind of approval that was missing usually early on in their life and then missing currently in their life. And so these things, notice this about each of these things, life in God is the cure for each of these. You know, it's a life in God that takes care of guilt, that we're able to deal with resentment and anger, overcome fear, get things squared away in the right place in our life so we're not materialistic, and the need for approval comes out of that relationship with God. So all of these things can be cured um, as a result of what I want to share with you today, which is a life in God. So all of these also lead to um, unused potential, unnecessary stress, unfulfilled uh, life, instability, frustration, and and get this carefully. Also, if you're living by any of these things, it it will affect you in what we call self-image. Self-image. That means how you see yourself. And your self-image then informs your self-worth or self-esteem. So it means not only how you see yourself, but how you feel about yourself. And uh, this can really throw you off course if those things are, are damaged because of these things in our life. So what do we do? Like most things, uh, what will help us is the manufacturer's manual, okay? And this is our manufacturer's manual. You can go to the manual sometimes, go Go to the directions sometimes and find out what does this mean when it does this. 
How, what, where does this part go? Or troubleshooting to find out. And I want you to know that the Bible is the manufacturer's manual for us, and it will help us with all of those things. Amen? Um, Alicia yesterday said, hey, why don't we put up the Christmas tree? And I said, I'm good for a tree because y'all know I only do decorations at the ground level. So if you're new here, we can talk later, okay? Long story. So we're putting up the tree, and about two years ago, we bought this beautiful seven-foot, I don't know what, they put fancy names on them, northern fir, I I don't know, and uh, pre-lit. Everybody say pre-lit. So this is the dream, you know, and beautiful tree. You just put it together and, and click, click, click and plug it in and you got it. So uh, I put up the bottom part, plugged it in, all lit up. And then I put in the next part and then I put on the next part and you plug them all in. Ta-da! We got two sections not working at all. I messed with it. I looked around I checked on things, took it apart. No joke between Alicia and I and a flashlight, we checked no less than 100 bulbs. You can just ride on trying to find the one. And I thought, what is the deal with this? It's only two years old, and it says on the box, three-year warranty. Yeah, but what do you do? What do you do? Where do you go? I got my tree. It doesn't work, you know. Where do you go? So I remembered seeing something in the box and taped inside the box in this clear plastic envelope or some extra bulbs and fuses and some paperwork. So I get out the paperwork and I look and it has a little troubleshooting thing. If this doesn't happen, check this. I already did that. If it doesn't happen, check this. It did that too. And it's like there's no answers there. So you know what we did? My resourceful wife went and got two strands of lights and wove them into the tree just like we used to do before the, before the pre-lit, Right? So we got no solutions on that. We made our own. But the reality is for you and I, there's a lot of troubleshooting. Why is this not working? Why do I feel this way? Why, why this? Why do I keep making those bad decisions? What this, 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 this. And we can troubleshoot out of God's word and get some help and get some answers. And it always feels good when that gets solved. Amen. Well, let's go to God's word and look real quick here in Psalm 100 verse 3. It says, Know, and let me just expand the word, recognize and acknowledge. Know that the Lord, he is God. It is he who has made us and not we ourselves. We are his people and the sheep of his pasture. So let's, let's, get, it, let's get what we can get out of this. God is God. He made us. We belong to him. He'll take care of us. Okay, so let me, have you, let me have you say this. God is God. God, is God. He, made he made me. I belong to him. Belong to him. He'll, take care of me. He'll take care of me. That's pretty much all you need right there. That's pretty much. So let's just close in prayer. Quit early today. <laughs> That's pretty much what you need to know right out of the owner's manual. What, what's the question again? What on earth am I here for? Well, God made me. I belong to him. He's God. He'll take care of me. That's pretty much the, the acre you want to live in. You all with me? Look with me in Revelation chapter 4, verse 11. It says, you are worthy, our Lord and God, to receive glory and honor and power, for you created all things. And by your will, this also means for your purpose, by your choice, by your desire, for your pleasure, and by your will, they were created and have 
their being. All things. Everybody say all things. You're some of the things. Okay? We're some of the things that he created. Then we also find in Colossians chapter 1 verse 16 that all things were created through him and for him. All things, say that's me, we were created through him and were created for him. Now, whenever anybody creates or makes anything, there's a purpose for it. You know, it, it would just be, I, I can't come up with an illustration of why you would make something that has no, no purpose. You know, unless you're just doodling and, you know, why'd you draw that? Because I was bored, you know. But if you make something on purpose, it has purpose. And God made you and he, got, he made me and he has purpose. Anything you would make, you know, you want it, it has a purpose. There's a reason that you would do it. Even if you MacGyvered something, do you know what I mean? Yeah, there was a reason why you put those things together to make this work or whatever. And so all things created through him and for him. And if he created us on purpose, then he created us with purpose. In 1646, none of you were here then, there's a body of work called the Westminster uh, Shorter Catechism. And what it was, the leaders of uh, the church world at that time converged together to try to summarize and organize our doctrine and teachings and so forth. So this work is composed of 107 questions and answers. They would state a question then answer it in an effort to summarize everything. And then they would give proof text out of the scripture to kind of support what they did. Well, the first one in the Westminster Shorter Catechism is this right here. Here's the first question. Question, what is the chief end of man? And chief end would have to do with what's, what's the purpose? Why? What ultimately is to come out of this? What is the chief end of man? Here's the answer. The answer is man's chief end is to glorify God and to enjoy him forever. So I want to go ahead and get this in. The question again for us is what on earth am I here for? Let me put it to you this way and then we'll, we'll kind of fill this out a little bit. You're here for God. You're here for God and you're here to bring him glory and to enjoy him. Now, let's look at this a little, little deeper here. That's why we're here. I want to clear up a... a, a Support this with scripture, and then I want to clear something up here. 1 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 31. Therefore, whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, whatever you do, tell your neighbor, whatever you do, whatever you do, do all to the glory of God. Look in Romans chapter 11, verse 36. For from him and through him and for him are all things. And remember, he made all things. So they're from him, through him, for him are all things. To him be the glory forever. Amen. What on earth am I here for? I'm here for God. I'm here for God. He's God. He made me. I'm his. He'll take care of me. He made me on purpose. He has purpose for my life. Could I get a good amen if you're understanding so far? All right. Let's clear up a couple of things here because I got to knock these out of our path here. You are not a mistake. You are not an accident. I've actually talked to people, ministered to people over the years that they were told by either their mom or dad or somebody that you were a mistake, that you were an accident. What a horrible thing to say. 
What a damaging long-term thing to say. What an uninformed, careless thing to say. And maybe mom and dad or birth mom, birth dad, whatever, got things out of order and they made a mistake. They had an accident. But understand this. You are not a mistake. Is the church here today. You, you are not an accident. Psalm 139 says that God saw all your days before there were any of them yet. He wrote them in a book. In Jeremiah chapter 1, uh, the prophet says that the Lord saw him in his, in his, before he was even in his mother's womb and had appointed him toward a purpose. The same is true for, for every one of us. You also need to know this. You matter. You really do matter. Even if all your life you felt invisible, you felt like also ran, you matter. You have gifts and talents. Oh, I don't have any gifts and talents. Yeah, you do. God would not make you without gifts and talents. You all have gifts and talents. Maybe people raising you, maybe people along in your life didn't know how to find those, nurture those, bring those out, develop those, but you have them and it's never too late. And you have value. You have value. Value is determined by what someone is willing to pay for you. And, and don't take this as cliche. God loved you so much, he was willing to pay the ultimate price and give the very best that he had, his son. He paid up because he thought you were worth it. You have value. You have worth. But you have an enemy. You have an enemy. And he's against you. And so he'll do everything he can to get you off of the plan, get off the purpose, to mess with your self-image and your self-worth. Because then essentially, he cannot have to worry about shutting you down anymore. You are shut down. You shut down yourself. I have no purpose. I have no meaning. I don't matter. If he can get you talking and walking that, he shuts you down early on. And he doesn't even have to maintain you. He can just leave you that way because then you'll have no impact in this earth. And God created you on purpose and for purpose. And let me tell you something. He loaded you up. He wired you. You're a beautiful thing inside and out. And we've just got to get ourselves on track for his purpose and meaning. Amen? Now, in 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 8, incredible verse of Scripture, very telling, again from the manufacturer's manual. And it says this, be sober and be vigilant. And by this, it's saying be super watchful. Stay really alert. Because your adversary, everybody say my adversary. Your adversary, the devil, walks about like a roaring lion seeking whom he may devour. That word for devour means to gulp down whole, which means he wants to get you in such a place, he can just swallow you whole. There's not much fight left in that. But let's go back a little bit in that verse. And I had you repeat the word uh, adversary, your adversary, the devil. Um, the New Testament Greek word for adversary, and I only tell you this, not so that you know that I know the word. It's I'm, I'm wanting to point you to something in this. The New Testament Greek word for adversary is the word antidikos, antidikos. The first word of that word is this, anti, anti. What does anti mean? Against. He's against you. He's against you. He's against every good thing for your life. He's, he's the enemy of your soul. He's against you finding purpose and meaning in your life. And he will start as early in your life as he can. 
That's why we find mess from generation to generation. Because if he can get this generation off track and they're ill-equipped, then they're not going to be able to help the next generation and on and on and on and down and down and down it goes. And that's the great thing of the gospel is we can break that. We can break that digression in our lives and get rid of those things that we showed you that drive our life in the wrong way and let our life be led by the purpose and meaning of God. Can I get an amen on this? So I want to show you three thick, three quick things, three thick things, three quick things this morning that are going to help us in our first step here of what on earth am I here for? And the first one is this, come close. Now let me preface it by saying this, if you're going to find your meaning and purpose and identity in life, and we're going to talk about identity, that's a big target of the enemy. If we're going to find those, you're only going to find them in one place. You're going to find them by watching Dr. Phil. No. We're going to find them in a relationship with God. Remember what I told you? God is God. He made you. You're his. He'll take care of you. He made you on purpose. He made you with purpose. You have a purpose. Say it. I have a purpose. If we're going to find it, we have to go to him because that's where it came from. We have to go to him. And so what we do is we come close. Everybody say, come close. Look in, look in James chapter 4. It says, come close to God and God will come close to you. Read that much with me. Come close to God and God will come close to you. Watch this. Wash your hands, you sinners. Purify your hearts for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. As long as your loyalty is divided like that, you're double-minded. You're looking both ways. You're never, you're never going to get what you need from God. And that's why he's saying you need to come close. Say it again. Come close. Now, if you don't get anything else today, get this, okay? Closeness with God is a you issue. Did you hear it? Closeness with God, whether you're close or not with God, is a you issue. You can't blame somebody else. Uh, you can't say God's holding out on me. I can't find him. No, he's, he's, laid, he's laid it out all over the place. Seek me and you'll, and you'll find me. And, and he says, come close and what? I'll come close. So whether you feel close to God today or not, or used to be closer, that's a you issue. That's not a, that's not a God issue. That's not even a devil issue. That's a you issue. What do you do about it? Come close. Come close. We see it happening in the Bible. Remember the lady with the issue of blood? She was sick, weak, no better, grew worse, spent all that she had, discouraged, no doubt, feeling weak. And what did she do? She pressed and pushed through a crowd of people so she could get to Jesus and just touch the hem of his garment. Because she said, if I can just get that close, I'm going to be okay. And she pushed through and Jesus didn't even see her. He felt power go out of him because when you come close he'll come close there's another story of a little guy named Zacchaeus he was a wee little man a wee little man was he don't I sound profound don't I the Bible says he's a little guy of short stature and there was like a parade almost because Jesus was coming by and because he was short and on the back row he couldn't see it he's jumping trying to look and what did he do what kind of tree? See the power of songs right there. So he climbed the tree. Why? 
because he wanted to see Jesus. He wanted to get close. You're going to have to come close. Everybody say, come close. You're going to have to, and it's on you. It's on me. It's on you. We've got to, we've got to come close. Um, Thanksgiving, we hosted most of Alicia's family. And I love them all, but I've got to tell you this. And she's right there. Ever since I came in the family, I, I never learned to navigate this. They all talk at the same time to me at the same time. And so I've always been like. So sometimes you bob your head and agree to things that might be horrible. That's good. They're going, no, it's bad, but I can't hear them. So the other day, I think the parade was on or a football game or whatever, and they're all sitting around and everybody is talking. And then I realize, oh, no, it's happening again. They're all talking to me. But this is what I did. I thought, I want to hear from my brother-in-law, Bruce. And so I actually paused or muted the TV. I, as politely as I could, put my hand up to one of my sister-in-laws. And I leaned in and looked at Bruce. What was I doing? I was coming close. I was coming close because you know what? Otherwise, I didn't have a chance of hearing him. I wouldn't have a chance. And we can't just stay busy in our lives, surrounded with all the clutter and clamor and everything else going on, and end up finding and hearing from God. You're going to have to come close. Everybody say, come close. And, and you're going to have to pause some things and pause some people and put some things down and lean in and come close. And I would tell God, I would tell him, I'm coming close. I'm coming close. I'm coming near you. And, and I would show him too. And one of the ways to show him is keep coming close and then stay close. I've talked to people over the year, hey, you need to do this and do that. I did that for two days. And it's like, show God you mean business. Get in place and stay in place. Come close. Everybody say, come close. And then as you come close, then what? Here's the next part. Worship. Worship. Everybody say worship. worship. Now, the Bible describes for us and it prescribes for us ways to worship God. You know, one is you're doing it today. You came to church. And then we sing together. And we pray. And we read God's word. And we serve and we give and we lift our hands and our voices and we're kind to one another. And all of those things are ways. But I want you to get it out of a place on a certain day, worship. I want you to get it into your everyday life, worship. So let me put it to you this way. Every day, all day, whatever you do, do it as an act of worship. Everything you do, everything you do, do it. As if you're doing it for Jesus. Do y'all hear me? So every day, all day, whatever you do, do it as an act of worship. Why? Well, because he's God and he made me and I belong to him and he'll take care of me. And so one of the things that he said, come near to me and live your life in sync with me. And when you do that, here's the third part. You'll discover. Everybody say discover. discover. You'll discover. When you get up close and live in sync, you're going to discover your gifts and talents. You're going to discover purpose and meaning. You're going to discover a new perspective. You're going to discover fulfillment. Look in Colossians chapter 1 here. We look at the sun and see the God who cannot be seen. We look at this sun and see God's original purpose in everything created. 
purpose in everything created. Next verse. For everything, which includes you, everything, absolutely everything, above and below, visible, invisible, rank after rank after rank of angels, everything got started in him and everything finds its purpose in him. You want to find it? You can only find it in him. Well, what you're going to have to do is come close. Everybody say, come close. Worship. And by worship, I mean live a worshipful life. And in doing so, you will discover. Look in John chapter 15. Jesus said, I am the vine. You are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. Now look at this real quick. I just tore this off of one of our bushes before service. It's like here's the main vine. And here's the branch that say this is you. And if you stay connected, if you just stay connected, all this is going to happen without much stress or thought at all. You're going to be green. You're going to be vibrant. And if this bore fruit, you'd bear fruit. Why? Just because you're connected to the right place. But apart from him, this hurts to do this. But apart from him, this thing does not have a chance. It just started right now. We can't see it yet, but it already started right now to wither. Because it's cut off. It's cut off from the one who gives it life. But if you just stay close, there's a natural life flow that will come. Stay connected, a natural life flow You will know your gifts and talents. You will know your meaning and purpose. You'll have a new perspective. You'll be able to have fulfillment in your life because it only comes from him. And what we must do is stay connected with him. The question, what on earth am I here for? What's my meaning? What's my purpose? Why am I here? Let me just give it to you. Our first big, big step, and you can't skip this one. You're here for God. You're here for God, you're here to glorify him, and you're here to enjoy him. That's your first place that you need to get. And when we get in that place, all the rest of the things will come rather easy, come rather natural to our lives. But apart from him, we can do nothing. You know what you're here for now, amen? Did you get anything at all out of this today? Thank you, Lord. Thanks for listening to this week's message from Meadowbrook Church. We hope you'll stay connected by following us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at NBC Ocala.